Hi there, Crimes Against Nature fans. This is your host, Julie Bryant. And before we get into today's story, I just want to give you a little bit of a cautionary note. There's going to be some graphic descriptions of the crime committed, so if you have some little ears around or you have um, problems hearing about some of these things, just want to give you that little note of caution just so you'll be aware. Today we're going to be talking about a crime that the state of Florida has faced for more than a decade, but now the butchering of horses in the field or even near the barns where they live has spread to two more states, Texas and New Mexico. So I've talked to law enforcement in all three of these states, Texas, New Mexico, and Florida, about what they're facing in trying to find these criminals and what they suggest you do as horse owners to help find these criminals and to keep your own horses safe. Before I continue with the show, however, I just want to thank everybody who's listened to Crimes Against Nature so far. Your five-star ratings and your reviews have been so important. And if you haven't had a chance to rate or review, I hope that after you listen today that you will give us that five-star rating on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you might be listening. We really appreciate it. Now on with our story. Of the horses owned by the Doria family of Golden Gates Estates, Florida, Whip was a family favorite. The Dorias lived in a relatively small town of 24,000 people, a little bedroom community outside of Naples, Florida, where the homes would sell for as much as $2 million. The area was a great attraction for people with horses as there were small acreages available and the beach is just minutes away. The Doria family enjoyed owning horses and running barrels on whip and National Barrel Horse Association competition, and it was a great family event. But in late February 2020, their idyllic Florida home became a place of horror after Whip was found mutilated by an unknown assailant in a neighboring pasture. On February 28, 2020, according to WINK News in Florida, Mike Doria said someone cut his back fence led Whip next door, tied him to a tree, and then skinned him. Sadly, their young son, Tilton, discovered Whip's remains. Collier County deputies were called to the scene, and they believed that someone entered the pasture sometime between midnight and 5 a.m., and that the suspects were after the horse's meat based on what remained at the scene. The Doria family is offering a $12,500 reward for any information on who slaughtered their red rum gelding, And since then, they've installed security cameras and have moved their remaining three horses someplace safer. Unfortunately, the butchering of horses is not new to Florida. I found cases documented as far back as 2009 when a dozen horses were killed that year. In 2015, the crime got international attention when a horse named Fedras de Blondell, an imported show jumper valued at more than $500,000, was led from his stall in Manatee County and butchered. According to WFTS News in Tampa Bay, the owners of the farm believe the perpetrator returned two months later for a second horse, but by that time they had installed security alarms and cameras, which could have scared him off. The owners believe the horses were targeted because they had just been released from quarantine in Florida and had been marked as quote-unquote clean by the United States Department of Agriculture. It seems that the butchering of horses in Florida has gone relatively unabated for the past decade, with very few arrests having been made. 
Since November 2019, seven horses have been butchered in Florida. And if you visit the crimesagainstnaturepodcast.com website, you'll find a map which indicates the many counties on the eastern coast of Florida where these horses have been killed. The most recent victim was a nine-year-old American quarter horse named Frosty. Frosty was found on May the 28th, 2020, in a Marion County, Florida boarding facility where he was staying temporarily. And according to Marion County Sheriff's Department spokesperson Sergeant Paul Bloom, Marion County is home to thousands of horses, with Ocala, Florida being a destination for many horse owners. It's the spring and summer training home for many Olympic show horses, race horses, and others who come to show in competitions there in the Ocala and Wellington, Florida areas. A very large horse community, and it's, even, and it's growing even more, getting ready to have some very big um, horse venue stuff here in Marion County. So uh, it, it's crucial to us to find out when this is happening and, and where and how and who's doing it. Um, but it's also, at the same time, very difficult. This is one of the, the largest counties in Florida as far as square miles. We're over 1,600 square miles here. So... Um, covering these rural areas uh, in the middle of the night when this is happening, it, it, it's almost impossible. The discovery of Frosty in May 2020 was actually the second case of a horse being butchered in that county in the past year, the first being in November 2019. When you go to the com website, you'll see the map that I mentioned earlier, which outlines the dates in which these horses were killed and the locations. You'll see there's a fairly significant time span between incidents and the locations are fairly far apart, but that has not been the case with the horses being butchered in Texas. Recording Crimes Against Nature can take several hours, and a lot of times I sit here doing research and recording, and I get a little hungry. So what I do is I grab a bag of Bobby T's jerky, my favorite flavor being Valle Sagrado, which just has a touch of hatch chili and lime to it, a neat little zing at the end when you eat it. It's so tender, I just love it. So look up bobbyteesjerky.com and choose your favorite flavor. And when you order, make sure that you use code NATURE as your discount and you'll get 20% off. Again, that's bobbyteesjerky, B-O-B-B-Y-T-S jerky.com. Enter code NATURE for 20% off. Now, back to our story. The state of Texas has seen its share of horses shot and killed, left to die in their pastures. But having horses butchered for their meat is something different altogether. And the crime in Texas has begun to escalate. Since late May 2020, a total of five horses have been found in the state of Texas, with the most recent incident happening August the 8th in Pearland, a suburb of Houston. The horse owner called Pearland police after noticing two of her horses were missing and they were found about a half mile away, butchered. A similar incident had occurred earlier in June where two horses were taken and tied to a tree. One was butchered, but apparently the criminal was interrupted before he could get to the second horse. It was alive with its neck stretched as its halter was tied high to a tree. I spoke with Pearland Police Department spokesperson Officer Jason Wells about what investigators found at the June 10th scene. And again, the following might be disturbing for some listeners. The property is unique in the fact that it, it does run along a uh, side of a road, but the portions of that um, property are obscured by large vegetation. The, the shrubs and trees have overgrown, 
and uh, you can't see very uh, very little of the property unless you're standing at the main gate. And there's only one entrance onto the property and one entrance off. When our officers got out there, they had discovered that there was um, two horses tied up, and uh, from the lack of uh, lack of better terms, it appeared that one had been butchered. It appeared that there was a large um, puncture wound to the front chest of the horse. Through animal control and uh, other uh, persons out there that were familiar with the anatomy of horses, it indicated the heart was located just behind that portion and appeared to be the death blow, so to speak, uh, of that horse. And when the animal collapsed, I'm sure it pulled the um, the uh, lead uh, to the horse's head. And that, that was cut and cut rather short. As noted, it was in the report and collected for uh, state's evidence in this case. And the horse that was next to it, it was still alive. Indications in the report uh, uh, state that it was almost as if they either ran out of time or something spooked them off. Their initial intent was to um, butcher both horses. Um, however, only were able to get through through one or get through uh, butchering one of them. It appeared that the um, persons that were uh, butchering the horses obviously took uh, both of the uh, back straps, and you can imagine on a horse, it's it's going to be quite long and, and rather large. Um, and all four quarters, uh, leg portions, leg shoulders, uh, were also uh, were removed for meat. Um, it appears that uh, those were the primary uh, obje objectives of sorry of uh, the suspect's intent, um, as they are generally the uh, the more muscular parts of the animal. In Florida, illegal slaughtering facilities sell meat on the black market, and they butcher anything from chickens to pigs to now horses. It's known by Florida law enforcement that some horses are actually purchased and slaughtered at these illegal facilities. And with the help of groups like the Animal Recovery Mission in Florida, several of these slaughter facilities have been shut down and their owners arrested. However, there have been no arrests for the recent butchering of horses in Florida. Sergeant Paul Bloom of the Marion County Department explained that the illegal slaughter facilities that they're aware of are in southern Florida, and the meat taken in Marion County seems to be for personal consumption. But there isn't much to go on. We've, mm -hmm. we've been given tips and, and, uh, and things from different people. We, of course, we follow up on each one of those, and, uh, but none of those have panned out to anything. So, yeah, we've, we've got no suspect leads right now and uh, still, still looking for anything. There's no, you know, where this occurred, you know, physical evidence of where this occurred in the pasture. Uh, nothing, nothing there that we could turn up that would, would give us any, any sort of a path to go on. Um, and, and certain things as far as, evidence where we, if we I'm not saying we did, but if we find tire tracks, for instance, or footprints, we still have to have a truck or a vehicle or a foot to match that up to. The butchering of horses continues to move west with the killing of a champion Welsh pony on June the 25th in Corrales, New Mexico, a suburb of Albuquerque. The pony was killed outside of his stall in what is considered a largely residential area in Corrales. Investigators find this particularly disturbing as many of the homeowners in the area have small stables in their backyards. This particular investigation is under the jurisdiction of the New Mexico Livestock Board, headed by Sean Davis. His description of that scene is almost an exact replica of what's been found in Texas. He also believes that the meat's being used for personal consumption, but it's not likely it's the same perpetrators. It happened in kind of a, a residential area that has uh, lots of horses and, and backyard horses and that sort of stuff. So 
Our inspectors were called to respond to it. The Rallis Police Department were already on scene, and they had already uh, walked around the horse a lot and covered it up with a tarp, um, essentially kind of destroying the crime scene for us. The pony was outside of its, its stall, which it was put in a stall at night, and it was pulled out of the stall. Uh, there was a what looks like a, a knife wound to the chest is what we believe killed the horse, which is very strange. Uh, and then there was uh, um, the back straps on, on both sides of the spine were missing, uh, uh, removed, and, and the right hind quarter was removed. With permission from the horse's owners, a necropsy was performed on animal victims in Florida and in Texas to determine the length of the blade that was plunged into the horse's chest, the ultimate cause of death. The animals were also examined to see what type of blade might have been used to remove the meat. Unfortunately, there was little other evidence that could be gathered. The area where most of these horses were killed was grassy, where no footprints or tire tracks could be lifted and any tire tracks in the surrounding area came from roads that ran nearby, roads with thousands of tire tracks that in no way could be used as evidence without some sort of eyewitness to a vehicle in the area. Here's Officer Wells again from the Pearland Police Department. This was in a large um, grassy area, and you could tell that something had rested on the ground in order to take <clears throat> the large amount of meat that was recovered from one of the, uh, the horses, in fact, whether it was a cooler which would be my belief, or a large bag. It's, un, uh, uh, it's almost impossible to confirm one way or the other, but obviously something was utilized to put the meat in and then transport to the, um, the portion of the fences actually was cut, um, which is how they gained access in the property. But there was no, no, no obtainable tracks that were, you know, obviously you can see like in dirt, you can almost pour a mold and collect tire tracks or anything like that. You could tell kind of where uh, I think a vehicle may have been, but there was no way to gain any particular uh, identifying evidence. The Corrales, New Mexico scene was slightly different in that there was a canal that ran nearby the location, and it appeared that those criminals arrived on foot. Our investigators did uh, examine everyone's shoes on the property, and then uh, started to look outside of the, the area where the horse was to find uh, different shoe prints. And they did find a, a different set of prints leading to the, uh, to the west and north. And in one, uh, one print appearing to have jumped uh, the, the ditch between the pavement and the fence line. And so those same prints were going south and turning um, east on, on the road there. And so we do have photos of those prints, uh, but that's, that's really all we kind of turned up from that. In conducting these interviews, it became apparent that these law enforcement agencies are doing what they can with the resources they have to bring these criminals to justice. They are working with sister agencies and sharing information across county lines, but as of yet, no information has been shared from state to state. Other than the fact that these horses have been killed in almost the exact same fashion, there is nothing to suggest that these cases are connected. However, because this crime has occurred in multiple states, I wondered if a federal agency would get involved, like the FBI, 
So I called the FBI office in Dallas where an agent told me that they would not get involved unless a complaint was filed. I was interested to find that beginning in 2016, the FBI began collecting data on crimes against animals. Acts of cruelty against animals, according to the FBI website, are now counted alongside felony crimes like arson, burglary, assault, and homicide in the FBI's National Incident-Based Reporting System, or NIBRS. By adding animal cruelty offenses to NIBRS, law enforcement agencies and the advocacy groups that push for the inclusion in the FBI database are hoping the results will reveal a more complete picture of the nature of cruelty to animals. The National Sheriff's Association was a leading advocate for adding animal cruelty as a data set in the Bureau's collection of crime statistics. The association for years had cited studies linking animal abuse and other types of crimes, most famously murders committed by serial killers like Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, and the son of Sam killer David Berkowitz. The organization also points out the overlap animal abuse has with domestic violence and child abuse. It's a disturbing thought, but as the number of cases of horses being butchered rises across the nation, we have to recognize that these criminals are armed and they continue to roam free. While law enforcement is working to find who might be committing these crimes, there is so little evidence to go on and little hope that these criminals will be caught without some sort of witness, tip, or credible evidence that so far has eluded law enforcement. I'm going to take a little break here to tell you about an organization that was started in 1997 to help find stolen horses. It's called Stolen Horse International and it's also referred to now as Net Posse and it was founded to assist horse owners with recovering horses lost during theft. Net Posse is now offering an ID program which you can find at netposse.com and Net Posse gives your horse a chance to be found through this registry that they've developed. It's also available to dogs and cats and other domestic and farm animals and one system now caters to your needs and provides advanced record keeping, data management and cost management for your beloved animals and working stock. So again, that's netposse.com. Go check it out. Now back to our story. Law enforcement officials in both Texas and Florida agree that it's most likely that the individuals committing this crime are of certain ethnicities. Both Florida and Houston are well-known melting pots for all kinds of nations, whether it be Europe, South America, or Asia. With that comes all kinds of cultures and diets, many of which find nothing wrong with consuming horse meat, which is illegal to consume in the United States. The problem with the horse meat in the United States, however, and which the criminals either don't care about or know, is that many of these domestic animals are administered drugs for their health and for any kinds of injuries they might have, which actually makes their meat toxic. And frankly, for most of the horse owners interviewed by media, they couldn't care less if the meat was toxic either. They're devastated, and they just want the criminals caught. With the long history of horses being butchered in Florida, there has been more time for law enforcement and citizens to work together. The Marion County Sheriff's Department, for example, has instituted a program called AgWatch, which provides the Sheriff's Department with a record of properties and animals, as well as signage for the landowner to place on fencing should issues need to be reported. That seems to be both a blessing and a curse as members of the Keeping Florida Horses Safe group report sometimes strange or suspicious phone calls or texts 
asking about boarding or horseback riding lessons. You can find the Keeping Florida Horses Safe group on Facebook or at their website, Keeping Florida Horses Safe. That group also keeps tabs on suspicious vehicles and people in horse-rich neighborhoods, often posting photographs or descriptions on their Facebook page, which today has nearly 7,000 followers. Law enforcement in both Texas and New Mexico encourage horse owners in those states to follow suit. Being vigilant of, of you know, your, not just your property, but, you know, access to your property. Um, keeping gates locked at night, uh, um, that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, we, we search the area for any cameras that someone might have out, uh, you know, doorbell cameras and that sort of thing. And we haven't had any luck turning up any, any good video footage. But, you know, if I, if I had a boarding facility in this area, I would absolutely have uh, video cameras or a game-type camera out somewhere where I could keep an eye on stuff, and especially with what's going on with this kind of thing. As the number of horses being butchered in Texas has grown, in a relatively short period of time and in a concentrated area, Officer Wells of the Pearland Police Department says that their department and the Harris County Sheriff's Department are working together to try to find these perpetrators and bring them to justice. This is stuff that, uh, similar to this, that is, you know, in cases like this that are unique and they take um, almost a personal side to in order to prevent this from happening. Um, animals of all kinds uh, hold a near and dear place in, in most uh, everybody in society's heart. And to have something like this, I mean, I couldn't imagine going out to, I don't own horses, I've never have, but uh, um, I couldn't imagine finding something similar to this on one of my horses or any animal for that regard. So I think that's unique in the sense that our investigators uh, who are are, um, are investigating this case in particular are animal lovers, regardless of what animal that is. And, and something, a case that this is kind of odd or uh, grotesque, so to speak, is going to require uh, closer attention. So um, without negating or neglecting, rather, uh, other cases that are going on, um, we just kind of share the workload and focus together as a team to come together and uh, make sure that uh, not only does this case not fall to the wayside, but stays near the top while maintaining other cases uh, at the same time. The Crimes Against Nature website, crimesagainstnaturepodcast.com, will provide resources where you can leave any tips or information you might have. There are also some rewards being offered by the owners of these animals, including up to $25,000 for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the individual who killed the Welsh pony. And as I mentioned, there is a $12,500 reward for information leading to the conviction and arrest of the killers of Whip. I invite you to visit our website, crimesagainstnaturepodcast.com, where you can find the source material for this episode and all of our episodes. You can also leave your own tips and comments. And I can't end the show without at least mentioning one more time how much I appreciate your five-star rating and your review. Crimes Against Nature is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you might be listening. Crimes Against Nature is hosted and produced by me, Julie Bryant. Sound design by Motion Array. All rights reserved by Laddie Go Media, LLC. Thanks for listening. <laughs>